Blog Talk Radio. of emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. back. Corporate loving hustle. Making money hustle. Independent business. 24 struggle. On the block hustle. Crooked cop hustle. No sleep in these streets. 24 struggle. On the stroll hustle. Tricking John hustle. Working the pole. That's your goal. 24 struggle. Counterfeit hustle. Get a couple views, watch a few struggle. I know we all hustle. That's all a 
part of struggle. Yeah. It's time we get it popping off, so we all bubble, bubble, bubble. You know nothing, who you wanna be hugging? Go with niggas that be sucking, that be sucking. You know we hustle around Hey, 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 welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I always got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tawny, but I don't have her today. So, we are talking that talk, and y'all have just more. <laughs> welcome to Let's Chat. We appreciate everybody. I just really want to say thank y'all. You know, those that are listening to the sound of my voice and you're not calling in, but you're listening via stream, you're listening via um, the uh, just calling in on the phone, you're listening via iHeartRadio, however you are listening to us. Tony and I appreciate y'all so very much. Like our replays are everything right now, and they're coming from all over the all over the United States, really all over the world, because we have people that listen in Vietnam, India. We appreciate you guys so much that you take time out of your busy schedule and day to be able to sit and chat with your girls. So we appreciate you guys for that. We got a fabulous show today, y'all. Listen, we're talking about meant to be. Now, that can go a few different ways, but you know. I look at it as when you're meant to do something, then that is what you're meant to do. You know, we all have free will, but I I really truly believe that only you can slow down your process because you're eventually going to do that particular thing. No matter how you go about doing it, that's where you're going to end up. Now, the choices you make along the way determine how fast you get there. And, and the type of route you take. And so I always say when you're meant to do something, that's what you're absolutely going to do. It don't matter what nobody say. It don't matter if they support you, if they don't support you, if they like you, if they don't like you. It does not matter because you will get where you are meant to be no matter what. The only person that can stop black block or prevent that is you, nobody else. And don't let nobody make you think that they can because they cannot. You know, uh, we always say only God knows the plan he has for your life. So anything that he has said, this is what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. And he's not hiring. So nobody else is able to make that determination but you. So if you allow them to interfere in your growth, interfere in your brand, interfere in your push, interfere in your passion, interfere in your vision, then that is the choice that you make. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to get off my soapbox because, you know, I get like that sometimes. But we appreciate everybody. We got three fabulous guests coming to chop it up with us today in the chat room. Authors Tito M. Bradley, Tisha... Andrews and Andrew Hess. They are going to come in. They're going to talk that talk about books, passion, life, purpose. We're going to take a brief break and we will be right back.
Yes, we are back. We are back. I'm so used to saying we. I am back. I'm Miss Alicia. Welcome to Let's Chat. We have a fabulous show for you today. We're talking about mint to be. We're talking about purpose. We're talking about life. We're talking about branding. And we're talking with you. As we wait on our first guest to come into the chat room, I just want to talk a little bit because February of 2020, I will be doing my second um, eat and greet. Uh, this eat and greet is going to be called Vision and Books. It is available to get tickets for uh, on Eventbrite. The first part of the event is going to be a book event, uh, which is $10 to get in. But this particular event is a little bit different. Um, as a lot of people know, Divas Inc. is my nonprofit. And as I learn about nonprofits, because you got to research everything in, in any industry, you have to have a teachable spirit. You have to be able to learn. And so in learning about how nonprofits run, it's really the company uh, that you have and how you give back to the community. And so the vision and books is part of my vision. Uh, and I just mix my vision and my passion for books together. So we're going to have a book event. Uh, it will be $10 to get in or $5 if you bring a school supply. So a portion of this event is going to go towards my Divas Lit backpack uh, back to school giveaway, which is going to be June of 2020. And the Eat and Greet Vision Party, Vision Board Party, uh, which will have 10 fabulous authors there. We're going to have food, fun, and books. We're going to talk. We're going to laugh and just really have a good time in literature. Um, that is going to be from 7 to 9, and the book fair portion is going to be from 4 to 7. Um, so I'm really excited. Uh, again, you can catch us on Facebook, Books and Friends. That's the Facebook group. You can also go on to Eventbrite. We are looking for vendors. We are looking for sponsors. You can donate um, school supplies if you would like. If you're not able to attend, you can donate magazines for the Vision Board Party. I just really like to be able to allow authors and readers to interact. When I do what I do, I'm able to have an intimate connection with authors. And it really allows me to appreciate the work that they do and what they bring to the, to the industry and to the world as far as their skills and their gifts. And a lot of readers don't experience that. I think that a lot of times at book events, it's kind of like going in to a one-night stand, drive through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said one night stand drive through. It's like, hey, how you doing? Sign my book, take picture, snap, snap. Okay, next. And you don't really get to really have that good conversation with your favorite author or a new author you're just experiencing. Because I always say books is like walking into Baskin and Robbins. You really don't know what you like until you get the little spoon and you taste it. And you taste books based on word of mouth. Somebody has told you about it. Somebody has encouraged you to buy it. The excitement for what they have read has encouraged you to go and buy that. And sometimes, like what we do here on Let's Chat, the author's personality and their why, their passion for what they do pushes you to want to go and support and purchase their books. And then their content is what draws you in part and makes you part of their fan base. And so I want to encourage you guys 
to join Books and Friends on our Facebook friend, uh, page. I want to encourage you guys to go over to Eventbrite, grab your tickets for the EN for the Books and Vision Literary Affair, which is going to be again February 8th in 2020 at the Renaissance Hotel at the Atlanta Airport. And it's going to be from 4 to 9. Again, you're going to have book event portion, and then you're going to have the vision board party portion, which will uh, you'll be able to eat and create with some of the best authors uh, in the industry. And I want to just say I appreciate all the authors that I reached out to. I never put on these events without intent behind the authors that I pick. I always know their work. I know their craft. I know their skill. I know what they bring. And so as a reader first, that allows my events really allow me to share and create that word of mouth for people that that are interested in books as I am. And so all of these authors that will be at the event got that pen. Okay, y'all, let me tell y'all that pen that'll give you that itis. Y'all know what itis is. Itis is that pen that you know how you read their book, but it takes you four or five days before you can pick up another book. Because it's it's got to be, you got to get your mind right. They they got your mind after you put the book down. It's, it's, it's that book that you, you it, it pops up on your Kindle that is, it's, it's, it's released. And you, you trying to read it at the stop, at the stoplight. You trying to read it on the subway, you know, and if they got that nasty pen, cause you know, here on Let's Chat, we say, if it's going to be nasty child, let it be nasty. If not, we're going to need you to send them to Starbucks for some coffee. <laughs> But I just I like to make sure that readers are getting that that 31 flavor experience when it comes to books. So we have all kinds of authors, different genres that will be there. But every author is going to be on point with a pen. You are not going to be um, dissatisfied with anything you read from these authors. I picked them for a purpose because I've read they work. I know they work, and I know what. You, the experience you guys are going to get from interacting with them, from reading their work. And I know that that's going to create a f- additional reader if you're not already a part of their fan base. So I'm going to get off my my um, <laughs> my soapbox again. We're going to get another brief break and we're going to bring in our first guest, author Tito M. Bradley.
alright, alright, alright. Yeah. I am back. I am back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Felicia. You know I normally have my right hand, and yeah, let me tell y'all, most of the time she is my left. That's why I'm a little lost today. My girl Miss Tony, who is, you know, she's the editor with the Hardcore Red Pen, but she is not here with us today. But she will be with us tomorrow. We appreciate T for all that she does for the show. That's that's my right hand, my left hand too. We got our first fabulous guest in the chat room, author Tito Tito M. Bradley. Now this author I met at the kickback. Um and if you don't know, five five six book chicks, which is a book club here in the Atlanta area, they do a book event every year. And it's called the Atlanta Kickback. And so I met this uh, gentleman and his fabulous wife at the kickback. Hey, Tito, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Now, I want you, before we get started, for all of those that aren't familiar with your pen, I want you to tell everybody about your literary journey and your work. Okay, well, I'm from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. All of my current books are based in Cleveland. So as you read the novels, you will take a journey through Cleveland. If you haven't been there through my uh, pen game, you will be. Uh, you will be a visitor through the city of Cleveland. I consider myself very different than a lot of authors. I do not have a genre. I write different genres. Um, I don't want to write the same thing over and over, and I'm not knocking anybody that does it. But I started off with a self-help book. My very first book was We Got Issues, a conversation about black love and relationships. And that's, that book actually stemmed from a card game. Uh, my family was sitting around talking about relationships, playing the, the blame game, whose fault it is, <laughs> women versus men. You know how that go. Women do this and men do that. And so in Listen, the middle of the space game. No such thing. <laughs> in the middle of the space game, I said – I'm going to write a book about this. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And that was 10 years ago. That was 10 years and four books ago. So um, right. that, that kicked it off. I wrote my first okay. book and, and, and everybody loved it. They were like, oh, man, you know, I took everybody's thoughts and ideas and I put them in question form instead of accusing, which made my first book very different. So we get to look at each other and our problems without saying you. You get to say me. Or us, mm-hmm. or our. So that was the first thing, and and I just got bit by the bug after that. You know, once, you know, a lot of people wanted another one of those, and I just didn't want to do it again. This is before I, I knew I didn't want to be that kind of author. As I was growing, mm-hmm. I said, okay, I don't want to do that again. Right. And so um, I said, you know, I'm gonna jump into it. I'm gonna try to write a novel. So I wrote Bait and Switch. That was my first urban fiction book about a hustler in Cleveland getting out of the street life. Phenomenal. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote it. I'm saying it because that's what people told me. Like, I put a lot of twists and turns, and I made my book mm-hmm. balanced. It wasn't a extreme violence, extreme cursing, extreme sex, extreme, extreme hustling. It was a balance all the way through the book right? where people could enjoy it and not be offended by anything. It was just normal life. Mm-hmm. So um, after that, I wanted to do something else different, and I jumped into a suspense thriller. And that was a reciprocation, my third book about a serial killer in Cleveland that can't be profiled. 
Now, this took me in a totally different direction because, you know, I never killed anybody. And I don't know any serial killers. So I had to do a lot of research to make sure I wasn't writing something that had been done. Mm-hmm. Or watch movies and make sure it's not. I didn't want to repeat anything that had been seen or that I have read before or people, you know, the same storyline. So I wanted to come up with a serial killer that was completely unconventional. And the story is so good that almost halfway through the book, I was able to change who the killer was. Really? Yeah. And and when people read the book, they say, I thought, I said, you know what? That's what I thought initially. Then I said, nah, that'll be too easy. I'm going to make this person a killer. And so the book takes a hard left. So if you're into suspense thrillers and you think you know what's going on, I'm going to give you whiplash. This book will definitely give you whiplash and it'll send you in a whole different direction. Um, After the reciprocation, uh, I had the idea of Blue Euphoria. That's my current book I have out now. Mm -hmm. It is a, how can I say, erotic novel. Something totally different from the first three. So, and, and when I push myself into these different genres, it really pushes me to think and create for me like if I was to continue to do urban fiction that's easy because it's the same thing over and over you're just switching characters names and situations but when you switch to a totally different genre now your entire thought process has to change to something totally different and you have to create a a completely different world and different characters that do something totally different than the last one and that's what I really enjoy Mm -hmm. and um, if you were to Erotic novels, I got you. You're in the suspense thriller, I got you. In the urban fiction, I got you. Into self help, I got you. So, and that helps too when I'm when I'm at book events because when people come to my table, I got something for everybody. Because everybody don't like everything, and some uh-huh. people do like everything. So some people say, well, you know, I don't like the sex books. Yeah, well, I got this. Oh yeah, I'll take that. And that, that's right. what I feel sets me apart from. Many of the others, not that I'm better, just different. Absolutely, and, and there's nothing wrong with being different. I think that in the literary world, there's over a million authors. You know, there's there's an author born every day. There's an author publishing every right. day. So there's room for readers. There's room for readers. There's right. room for growth in your readership. You know, we call a pen like that a universal pen. A universal pen is a pen that can write in any direction, any genre, and they can take their reader, their readers and fan base with them, whether it's in separate books and different genres or if it's in one book. You know, you have some authors that do write street lit books, but in that book itself, you get so many different genres that it's, it's really kind of not like right, street right. lit because they're giving you romance. They're giving you uh, love. They're giving you that, 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 that street gangster vibe. They're giving you all of yeah, that. You yeah. getting some hustle. They learning you. They taking you to a, a courtroom. They're taking you to Wall Street. Right. You know, they dropping you off in other countries, letting you experience things. So I think that as a reader, books are a thirty-one flavors flavor experience all by itself. Now I want to go right. back. I want to go back to when mm-hmm. you first decided to give people whiplash. Now listen, because <laughs> whiplash is what the, uh, whiplash is a power word now. Whiplash yeah, is that yeah, power yeah. now. So yeah, that's, that's reciprocation. 
As a, we tried to get a reader's lip last. What was what was going on in your mind the day you decided to sit down and pen that first book? Well, my first, well, what I wanted to do was put all of our thoughts together. You know how you know, you're watching the movie and then everybody's talking and then one person is listening, but it sounds like blah, 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 blah. that's what our card game sounded like. And I'm like, <laughs> we will never get anywhere if everybody's doing this. Like, it always comes to this. Mm-hmm. Even in social media, you see the big debates about whatever and everybody back and forth. Then people get mad. Then people get insulted. And then people, you know, then now you ain't even on the topic no more because she said this like that. And that person mad because they said this and da 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 da. And you, what we want to do is to get get a, a a common goal. We all say we want the same thing. Why we fight? Right. You understand what I'm saying? So my initial goal was to have a. And the book is called. We got issues, a conversation about black love and relationships. So I wanted to be a conversation. What we were having was debates. We weren't having a conversation because a conversation mm-hmm. is an exchange of information with the point of understanding, not believing, not convincing, just to understand. So for me to convey some information to you, you don't have to debate it. You just have to understand where I'm coming from. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what. That was the whole purpose of my very first book. Mm-hmm. We just need to understand where we where everybody's coming from, and not become accusatory or offended or defensive. Absolutely, right. Absolutely, I definitely agree because a lot of times it's not what you say; it's how people are receiving it. Even like with text, people all, you know they'll get upset about a text. The text has text has no emotion. You put the emotion in the text. That's why being a reader is exciting because we put that emotion behind the words that the author is giving us. So when we're talking, it's it's based on the passion behind your words and you're you're kind of deflecting your passion on someone else's words. And so that's why you're like, oh, I felt that, you know, so I get what you're saying. (laughs) Right, right, right. Now, from the first time you wrote your first book until now, how have you grown as an author and wow. as a man? Okay, so my first book was released in 2009, um, but I started writing it maybe years before that because the internet was not what it was. So as a writer, I first started writing my first book by hand. I didn't know how to type. I still don't know how to professionally type. So, but my typing is better now, so I've grown as far as that's concerned. Um, the process in writing is totally different now. There was no KDP. There was no uh, right to print, you know, place you could, you, I could write a book tonight and actually have it available on Amazon in like a day or two. Absolutely. That didn't exist 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that whole process. And that being the process actually takes um, it takes a lot of pressure off you because when you're doing my first book, I did everything through the mail. I sent SD cards through the mail to the place that was in like Omaha, wherever they printed the books at. It, it, it was a whole different process, but it was stressful because you're waiting for somebody to either fax you that they received it, you know, that whole process is, is totally different now. So now as a writer, I don't have that kind of stress. And I know the business more. 
then I was mm-hmm. I came in the door. I didn't know anything or anybody. I didn't know anyone who who ever wrote a book before. I didn't know. I so it was trial and error, just figuring it out. But now I'm almost a pro because <laughs> I still make mistakes. <laughs> I still have, you know, I I, I I I slip. I get caught slipping sometimes, and you know, in, in the pace. And when you're self published as as I am, you're responsible for so much. Which people, when they come to your table and they see a book for fifteen dollars, that's all they see. But they don't mm-hmm. understand. You know, a lot of people don't understand the work that it takes to create that book. When you're dealing with editors and graphic designers and printers and 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 all these different business people, that you have to manage, deal with, and pay before you can present a product to the to the public. So in that aspect of being a business person, I've grown mm-hmm. to learn the business better. Um, I've learned to uh, actually paint pictures with words to be able to tell a story, with, I mean, vividly. When you tell, you know, when I first was telling a story, it was just telling a story. But now I've learned to get into details, the color of the drapes, the color of her eyes, lips, the breath, you know, the, the teardrop, the the water trickling down the window. You know what I mean? All those things make a difference, a difference in painting the picture so that people, people that read, they don't want to visualize it. They want to imagine it. So uh-huh. that I've really been able to tap into people's imagination, especially with this last erotic novel. I really took it. I went there. I went there in real life. <laughs> so, and, um, yeah, I went there in real life. Like 99% of the people who come to my table, if they say they like erotic novels, I take them to the first page. I say, you read this first page. You don't buy this book. I'm going to say nothing else to you. 99% of the people are like, whoa. Yeah, I got to have it. I try to paint a picture so vivid that it it grabs your imagination immediately. Oh my! Okay then. Right, right. Now, I got a question then. Okay. What What do you think your creativity brings to this industry that you feel is currently lacking? Well, like I said, the diversity, being able to do to do different things, and I think my creativity and I. What I, I really don't want to create any enemies, <laughs> you know. What what the saying, you know, what I'm bringing and they're not or they're, that's lacking. But what I've seen is a lot of copycat, and a lot not. A, I think I bring a lot of individualism versus in the industry. Even like the book covers, they all look the same. They remind me. Of, I don't know if you if you remember the time period when No Limit was really hot, how they album mm-hmm. covers used to look. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing in the book covers. Like everybody book cover looked like a No Limit album cover with Master P and Silk the Shocker and the dogs and the diamonds and you know what I mean? Like, no, it doesn't seem original. Right. So that's something I definitely believe I bring. I bring something totally original unlike everything else. I don't want my covers to look like everything else. I don't want my 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 content to be like, you know, everyone else's. 
and I want to. I'm a personality. Like when you come to me at my table, and I might come to you. You get to talk. You get my personal phone number. You get to talk. You see what I'm saying? I'm approachable. Right. You get to email, text, whatever. You texting me today or inboxing me? Did I hit you right back? Yes, sir. Was that you? Yeah. Okay. But well, that's how I move for individuals. Even when you buy my book, I thought this. Like actually, a young lady inboxed me. Uh, that got a book from the Atlanta book, uh, the uh, kickback. And I hit her right back and I said, hey, you know, she gave me a review in the inbox. I said, can I put this on Facebook? She was like, yeah. So I put, you know, I told her the story. I met her, put her picture up, blah, 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 blah. That means a lot to fans. They're like, wow. Like, you really deal with people? Like, yeah. Like, I deal with people in real life. You know what I mean? I appreciate fans. When, and I always ask first. I don't just, you know, when people inbox or or send emails, I don't just put you out there. So I don't want anybody to think I do that. But I definitely connect with people who appreciate my work. Oh, if you connect with me. Mm-hmm. Even if you think, well, I thought, you know, I had some book clubs that in my, in my reciprocation, they didn't like that I killed a certain character. And they was, like, really upset by it. <laughs> so I'm at a book Let's- club meeting. But listen, you know, was stuff like, really like that, that, that means hey, you did your job. That means you did your that job. That means I did. I said, and I had to console this person. I had to console, like, you know you what? Did this, your is job. This, this is a serial killer. He don't care. <laughs> like, you really that had to do that? Yeah. You did the damn thing. In that book, I'm going to need to go I one click that. Because this is the thing. When you write a book, and, you know, people kind of get a, a feel away about reviews. Especially if they get a one-star review or if the review is not what they expected. Uh-huh. Your reviews are really a message board for the readers. And right. as a reader, I don't look at the five-star reviews. I want to look at the one-star reviews. I want to know why you gave them one star. Because uh-huh. I want to know, did you put her in his feelings? If you Did you put him in his feelings? How was they feeling? See, if she, you had to console her, that means that you put her in your feelings, <laughs> you did your job. Because your job is to make right. sure that they in their feelings, whatever feeling or emotion that you are writing or right. pinning at that time, if it's a sex scene, they hot, they bothered, they need some ice in the fan. If it's a murder right. scene, everybody in the house better be careful. You know, everybody hyped right. by the end of the book. That's your job is to put them in they feelings. And so Absolutely. I'm going to need the name of that book so I can one-click that thing. That's called Reciprocation. That is my third book. See, though, and I, sent, I believe I sent you the author link. All of them are on the author link. Okay. Um, but another thing that I, I do is I do go to my fans on Facebook and I ask them and I consult them about what they want. What do you want? What do you want to see? What's too much? Mm-hmm. What's, and and like even in that book, I ask, uh, well, how do y'all feel about a serial killer killing a kid? And people gave their input, so I said, well, you gotta go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I asked, well, how important is kissing to y'all? How much do you do this? And and ladies, what do y'all like to drink when y'all go out? What do y'all drink? See, I don't drink, but my characters do, so I need to know the name of these drinks. Right. I put those uh-huh. drinks in the book. So mm-hmm, I do, mm-hmm. you know, I confer to if if you're a Facebook friend of mine, then you'll know, then you or you do know that I will, when writing like I am now, throw things out to ask people what do they want 
or what would they like? And sometimes I'm, people think I'm looking for a certain answer, but I'm really not. I just want you to to give me an idea. I may look do the complete opposite mm-hmm. because a lot of people think they that you want to hear a certain type of answer. You know, I let my wife read some of the book and when I was writing it and she said, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit too much. I said, Oh, okay. And I didn't say nothing else to her, but I left that in the book because that's what I wanted. <laughs> And she read it, she was like, Yeah, that's 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 a bit too much. Thinking that I would take it out. But I ain't taking that out. I wanted that part was supposed to be too but I can't say that. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. say, is this too much? Because then you're ready for it. Absolutely. I just want you to read it and tell me what you think. And then if you're giving me the right response, I may go with it. But what I'm looking for, it's what I'm looking for, but I just need a response. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, or I just put one word up um, and see how people respond to it. Okay. Ooh, wow. You know, um, sadomasochism. And people are like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, I'm with it. Da 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 da. Nah, that's horrible. Da 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 da. Well, this is definitely going in the book. I just want to see what the balance is of my fan base, how y'all think. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's going in. It's going in. I I just want to see what the thought process is. So, absolutely. I definitely absolutely. interact with the fans. I interact with my friends and family, everybody that support. And I think that's uh-huh. something I definitely do or bring to the industry that's different. Well, you know, since, you know, you missed the whiplash and all, yeah, now, <laughs> here on Let's Chat, we like to do something a little fun with our guests. And normally, Uh-oh. T is here to do it, but T is not here, so I'm going to do it for her. Now, what we like to do is we like to be able to share, uh, because our our platform is a free platform. It just allows authors to be able to uh, get their brand out there, get their their vibe out there to readers. So Mm -hmm. we like to do what's called a live excerpt. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you one prop. You're going to take, well, I'm going to give you two props because you like to give whiplash and all. I'm going to give you some red thigh high boots. Some and red I'm going thigh high boots. Some red thigh high boots. And I'm going to give you a butcher knife. Oh. And I, you can take that. You can put that into your own oh. excerpt from one of your books. Or you can create an excerpt oh. however you want to do it, whatever genre you want to do, however you want to move it around. And since you like giving whiplash, I'm going to add a whip to that, too. I'm going to add a whip to that, too. So you got a whip, oh. red thigh-high boots, and a butcher knife. Mm. And I'm ready when okay. you're ready. Oh, 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 this is like a freestyle. Freestyle, <laughs> boo, freestyle. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me. I wasn't ready for that, so let me get my wheels turning real fast. I got a boot. We, we like whiplash. We like boots. whiplash. Okay, uh-huh. okay, okay, okay. Okay. Uh. All right. Amanda into the red, <laughs> into the bedroom. James sat on the bed, sipping his cognac, looking at her, as if he was about to devour her. She was the last meal, and he was ready to die. She strutted across the room and 
pair of red thigh-high boots that had his dick hard as a diamond. All he wanted to do was jump on her. As soon as he sat up, she stuck her heels right in his chest, pushed him back on the bed. Uh-uh, not yet. I'm running the show is what she said. He laid back and relaxed, took another sip of his cognac, and set the glass on the nightstand. He closed his eyes and slowly slid his hands between his legs and grabbed his meat and started stroking it. She looked down. She wasn't excited at all because she knew this was about to be it for James. Next thing James knew, he had a whip around his neck. She pulled him with her foot on his throat. His eyes began to bulge. What the fuck? Is she crazy? Yeah, nigga. You thought she was about to get some pussy? It ain't about to happen. James started to see nothing. It almost went dark. A split second before everything was gone, Amanda. Amanda bent over. I'm trying to think as I go now. Amanda leaned over and gasped her last breath. James shoved his butcher knife in her chest that he kept under the under the pillow. I knew I couldn't trust you from the beginning. Them red boots didn't do shit for me. Boom. There you have it. <laughs> That's as much I can call. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's my okay. quick freestyle. I'm sorry. If I'd have known, you caught me off guard, I'd have had something written real slick, but I had to think that's on the fly. That's why we don't tell y'all. Right, right. We want we want the listeners to be able to experience your your natural raw talent. That's what we really because well, that, that draws them into your storyline, your natural raw talent. And we appreciate you for that little I call it nugget and treat. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you for that little treat that you have given us on today. Thank you, sir. <laughs> now, now I got to get up and write. Hey, that's that's why we here. That's why we here. Right. We we're here to to get those juices going, to get them juices flowing. You got a whole new book. Just make sure you you say hey to us in the beginning of the book. Just say hey in the acknowledgments. That's all. Right, right. <laughs> but well, right now I'm book. working. Go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention I'm working on a on my next book. Will probably won't be out to 2021. It's called The Vault. I will post it on your page. Um. I just put it up on my page, on my Facebook page, and my Instagram. I saw that. I saw that. That's that's a cold cover. cover. I just got it back. That's a cold. Yeah. So the vault is an anthology with me, just me. Okay. And I'm writing four stories, totally different. One is a coming of age story. One is a suspense thriller. One is a romantic comedy, and the uh, other one is an urban fiction story. So they're going to be four books in one or four short stories, but they're, they're not going to be short, short stories, but they're going to be four stories in one, and that book is going to be called The Vault. So you're going to be, you know, open up The Vault and get four stories at one time, you know, it's really in four different directions, all different characters, it's, it's not a continuance, it's not a series. So everybody, you know, you're going to get a variety in one book, and that's what I'm working on right now. Okay, all right, all right. Well, you know, let me know. Make sure you tag us so that we can be able to share that and we'll get our one-click popping. 
We appreciate you coming to kick it with us today in the chat room. Before you head out of the chat room, I want you to shout out all of your social media, your latest book release, and any events you have coming up. Okay, I am on Facebook, author Tito M. Bradley. Also on Instagram, at author Tito M. Bradley. Uh, there is a fake post. I mean, there's a fake uh, Tito M. Bradley on Instagram. It has zero zero at the end. That's not me. So you want the author Tito M. Bradley without the zero zero on the end. I don't know who that is. That imposter is. It's not me. But they took some stuff from my page and created a whole nother me, whatever that is. But uh, all my books are available on Amazon.com. My latest book is Blue Euphoria. It's an erotic novel. It is available on uh, paperback, Kindle, and it is now available on Audible, iTunes, and audiobooks. So, um, right. it's, I'm, yeah, I'm eventually have all the books available on audio, but all the other books are available paperback and Kindle. So y'all get on there in one click, type in Tito and Bradley, look at my auto, I mean my um, author page and pictures or, you know, Facebook. I have a author Tito and Bradley fan page. You can join that or I can put you in or whatever the case may be. That page is strictly about books. I have, you know, my regular Facebook page. I do talk book stuff, but I have crazy fun on there too. Talk about, you know, whatever topics. And I'm accessible. Inbox me. Holler at me. Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't, I don't really use it. So sorry, 140, 140 characters ain't enough. So I don't even fool with it. Okay. But, okay. There you have it. I don't have any events going. I've been hustling all summer. So, I mean, actually spring and summer. So I don't have any events current up coming up currently, but I will get down with y'all next year. I heard, you know, you, you said you had an event coming in 2020. Make sure you, um, send February me the information 8th. so I can come back down there last Absolutely, February the eighth from four to nine at the Renaissance Hotel at the Renaissance Hotel at the airport. Great location in, near the airport in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, definitely send me that. Um, and I'll I send you I all the information. Yeah, send that to me, and, and we'll do it again. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming to kicking with it. I always say us. She is normally with me, but she's not here with us today. I appreciate you coming to kick it with the ladies of Let's Chat, and you know you are welcome back anytime. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the uh, invitation, and I appreciate you putting me on the spot and got my mind running, and I want to thank everybody <laughs> else for listening. That's my job. That's what I do. I do that the best. you welcome. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we will talk to you next time. You can continue to listen if you would like. Other than that, have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. Uh, that was great, y'all. I enjoy talking to uh, very creative authors. Um, I love to hear y'all excerpts. I love when y'all just come raw off the top. I love to hear the passion behind your books. We have our next fabulous guest. I met him at a book event here in uh, Forsyth, Georgia, and his name is Andrew Hess. Hey, Andrew. Hey, what's going on? Nothing much. How you been? I'm doing great. It's a now, little bit colder than I was expecting for Georgia right now, but... Uh. Right. <laughs> listen, listen. I said 40. Ooh, I just had my heat.
hair on the other day. <laughs> I, I I thought I was in the you know a little bit of a time warp because I, I'm originally from New York, and they're actually warmer in New York than they were here in Georgia today. So I was right. a little bit like, uh, wait a second, I'm like, did I just go back to New York or something? Or like, what's going on? <laughs> Listen, okay. Now, before we get started, I want you to just tell everybody about your literary journey and about your books. All right. Uh, So I originally started writing in 2005 when I was actually in college. I was a psych major at SUNY New Paltz. And the first first thing that I decided to write was a government conspiracy novel uh, where I basically just took a group of uh, 20-year-olds that really wanted to make a change and kind of get justice for, you know, things that went wrong in their lives. And the government actually decided to hire them to go on a uh, vigilante spree, I guess you can say. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so they, you know, they they were basically targeting, politi- you know, corrupt politicians. They were targeting greedy business owners. Um, they actually go after a couple of casinos in Vegas. Um, and then the, the main character is, the one who was really contacted by the government to do all this. And uh, the guy named the benefactor tells him, I'm going to sweeten the deal. I'm going to let you know who killed your mother and let you get revenge for it on top of that. Oh, goodness. Uh, Yes. That was, that was my first novel that I actually wrote. I didn't actually put it out until 2013. um, And that one was called the Phoenix blade. And it's actually in the process of being rewritten to kind of update it a little bit, you know, freshen it up, get the right formatting going for it, because uh, it was one of my earliest pieces. So, um, but that was that was the catalyst that really took me into the whole literary world and made me want to write. And then from there, I just kind of jumped straight into writing mysteries and suspense novels, um, doing detective series and stuff like that. Oh wow! So I want to go back because I know what was going on in your mind and in your world that made you want to write this particular genre and the way you write it. So for for me to write mysteries and suspense, um, part of it came from the fact that I just I loved watching cop dramas on TV and I loved reading mystery novels. Like I loved reading Sherlock Holmes when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, I read the Hardy Boys, you know, I, I read a whole bunch of things and then obviously got wrapped into the whole James Patterson um, realm of, of mystery novels. Uh, but one of the things that really kind of twisted my mind with the way I kind of go about with mystery and suspense is uh, my favorite author is actually Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. And I, I love reading the Telltale Heart and the Cask of Amontillado. Um, Actually, the cast of Amontillado, I kind of paid tribute a little bit uh, with a book of free verse poetry that I did, um, where I kind of basically tailored it to the the theme of Cask of Amontillado, where you kind of follow him on his journey. Um, But it's all people that have wronged him in his life that he's trying to, like, bury in the past type of uh, situation. Um, But using Edgar Allan Poe as, uh, as a source of inspiration for me, I decided that I wanted to really just kind of twist the mysteries and suspense books that I'm, that I was writing to not only give different perspectives, not just from the hero's perspective or, you know, the detective or 
I also wanted to show from a villain's perspective. And uh-huh. in the in my book, The Campus Killer, which is the first book of the Detective Ryan series, I really illustrated that point and perspective by having it from her perspective as the detective and the killer's perspective as he's going on and committing all the murders. And you're, you're understanding why he's doing it, too. Absolutely. So when you sit down to write, what is your writing process like? <laughs> a whole bunch of chaos written down. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, mostly it, it was always uh, I, I have to be away from everybody else when I'm when I'm writing. I can't be distracted by other people. Um, sometimes I'll have the the TV on, but mostly I just give me you know some rock music, metal music, um, some dance music. I, I kind of just listen to all different types of genres, and it depends on the type of uh, of story I'm writing at that exact moment or that exact chapter. Even depends on what I um, what I prefer to listen to. Uh, like when I was when I was writing and rewriting the the Phoenix Blades books, um, one of the bands that I listened to was Skillet, and like I would say probably half of their soundtrack fit perfectly in line with exactly what I was writing throughout the whole book. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. So, when you sit down, you write in books, if is is book your full-time, are you a full-time writer or do you work as well? No, I work as well. So, how do you balance that? Because you have a family, you're writing these intriguing books, and you're working? How are you balancing all of that? Because the books you write require a lot of research. They do. Um, A lot of it is just lack of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. Basically, it's work all day, spend time with uh, the wife and my son, get him to bed, spend a little bit more time with her, and just kind of, you know, put my thoughts into you know, type away and write it down on a notepad or something. Uh, even if during the day, you know, on breaks or whatever I get, um, I'll take, you know, those few minutes and just kind of capitalize on it. Take like an hour, two hours of my day total uh, to get a little bit of writing done. Um, in the past, which is where the bulk of my writing really was, um, I had a lot more availability to kind of just and free reign with my life. Um, but now it's just like, you know, hour, two hours each day, just get, you know, something written so this way I can kind of further everything along. And then while I'm driving or something, it's just, it just keeps playing in my head. Oh, wow. So as an author, you've had experience with the business side of books. You have a experience with the creative side of books. So if you had to drop five jewels, on an up-and-coming author, or even an author that is currently writing but finding themselves frustrated with the process, what would what would those jewels be? Um, <clears throat> kind of rough. Uh, so I'd wind up saying the first thing is everyone's going to end up running into writer's block, and your best course of action with it is just continue to write, even if the even if you don't really like the chapter that you just wrote, write it to get it done and now on to the next chapter because you can always go back and edit 
and rewrite. Um, and, and that's and that's really kind of like a big thing for authors because overcoming writer's block really just jams people up sometimes. And it, it can it's something that can take you days, weeks, even months to overcome. But if you just keep trying to write through it and you know get through that chapter and onto something else, at least you'll you can go ahead and move forward and get back into the swing of things and come back to that chapter that you really weren't comfortable with or really happy with and fix it later on. Uh, the second thing I would wind up saying is get yourself a really good support system. And I mean, friends and family are, are great support systems. You know, make sure that you have people that are encouraging you to keep going because if you don't really have someone that's backing you, you know, it, it becomes harder to do. And um, adding to that support system, you want to actually have other authors and, you know, other people that are in the industry kind of, you know, with you on your journey because they'll be able to help you along the way, even just giving some advice or bouncing ideas off of you may end up working with them on a book. Um, <clears throat> me personally, I have like some of the greatest friends that, that are fellow authors and they help proofread my books. They give me insight into the books before that they, they come out. So this way, if, if I'm writing something that doesn't really mesh well with the, how the story is or if something's out of place, they'll call me out on it and let me know before I make a stupid mistake of putting this to print, you know, and it's not the right way. Um, and likewise, you know, you can always end up like, you know, bouncing ideas off of them. Uh, I've had a couple of like great friends within the industry. Uh, my friend Stephanie, my friend Tanya, especially, um, they've been by my side for the last couple of years and they're amazing people. Um, I would say another is really ride the social media platforms. Um, keep, you know, keep grinding away on those. Um, even though sometimes with Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, it kind of just, it doesn't really seem like you're getting far. Just keep on branching out on all those platforms. Look for other ones that are really becoming trendy um, and kind of capitalize on that, especially if it's just becoming trendy. Get involved in it and, you know, look for ways to promote your book through there because uh, that will definitely help get your name out a little bit more. Um, Fourth, I would wind up saying uh, – Fourth is definitely get your get yourself out there to book signings. To be honest, um, do the book signings, find places to go, branch away from what you know. Because with me, I I was living in New York, and there really wasn't many opportunities in New York. But you can find other opportunities outside of your comfort zone, outside of where you live, to start getting your name out there in other states and you know you don't necessarily just need to rely on social media but i mean even like how you and i met we met at a book signing and you know it, it's you meet other people and contacts and other authors and you can develop bigger friendships along the way um and the fifth one have fun honestly just write for yourself be who you are Continue writing for your, you know, your ideas and your 
beliefs and the way that you want the story to be crafted. Be true to who you are and your, who your characters and your stories are. Because mm-hmm. if, you're writing for the wrong, if you're writing for the wrong reasons, it's going to seem more like a job than it is for doing something that you love. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Now, I know you've been listening, and here on Let's Chat, we like to do something fun um, as a way just to be able to show a little bit of your raw talent and creativity. So I'm going to give you two props, and I want you to take those props, and you can put them in an existing scene in one of your books, or you can create a new scene. It could be any genre, any direction, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. You have total free control, uh, creativity, creativity, creatively with this uh, request. So my first prop is going to be blood splatter. Okay. And my second prop is going to be a hacksaw. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) And I'm ready when you're ready. Okay, you got to give me a minute on that one. Hmm. It's going to be weird to try to do this without a computer in front of me. (laughs) All right. Um. All right, I think I got a, I got a little something. It's not. I don't think it's gonna be that long, but I can at least get a little something. All right, Ellie and Jacob were walking down the road after our frat party. Ellie was dressed in a pretty red outfit. Her boyfriend. Jacob in a pair of khakis and a brown polo. They walked, he was walking her back to the, the dorms after having a few and decided to take her on a little scare for Halloween. They stopped by a local graveyard, one that everyone seemed to think was haunted. Ellie didn't really want to go, but Jacob convinced her that it would just be a few minutes. Something to go and get them ready for their Halloween party this weekend. They entered the graveyard. They found the headstones were a little fog covered over them. They couldn't see the names. They could barely see in front of them as they walked. They continued down the path to an old shed. Inside is believed to be lived in by Crazy Hank, the old caretaker from the graveyard who died years ago. But everyone says that Crazy Hank was always around. He waited for Halloween to come and get another victim. They entered the the little shack and found a hacksaw hanging on the wall. Droplets of blood were still falling to the ground. 
Ellie didn't want to be there anymore. She tried to bail. I think it's time we need to go. Jacob just laughed. Are you scared? Yeah, a little bit, she replied. Come on, don't be a baby. We're just going to go and hang out here for a couple minutes, and we'll just have some fun. What do you think? Crazy Hank's going to come out of out from the graveyard and come get us? Jacob, I, I just I don't like being here. I think we need to go. All right. They start to walk out the door, but they hear a loud noise coming from underneath the floorboards. Jacob says that he'll be right back. Ellie begs him not to go, but Jacob wants to be brave and at the same time give her a little scare. He goes to the to the door, opens it, and finds a set of stairs leading to a basement. He goes down each step creaked as he walks. As he gets downstairs, he turns on a light, but doesn't see anything. All of a sudden, Ellie hears a loud noise coming from underneath her. She hears someone struggling. She runs down the stairs to go and see what's wrong. As she gets down there, all she sees is blood spattered all over the walls. She cries out for Jacob, but he's no longer there. She turns and sees a faceless man standing before her, holding a bludgeoned object. All right, then. Okay. All right. All right, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and you said you needed a computer. You don't need no computer for that. <laughs> we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us today. Now, I want you to shout out all of your social media your newest release where everybody can get your books and any events you have coming up, Andrew. All right. Sounds good. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, you can actually just look me up as Andrew Hess. Um, I also have team Phoenix, which is my, my little street team of people that try to help me promote my books. Um, I give a little sneak peeks because I do photography for the books as well. So I kind of give you a little bit behind the scenes uh, photos of what's going on. Um, I'm also on Instagram at author Andrew Hess, and I'm also under uh, the real Phoenix 13, both on Instagram, and then also on Twitter, I am Phoenix 13. Um, I'm all over Amazon with both Kindle and for paperback books. Um, you can find the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix Blade is going to be redone coming out in the next couple, I'd say about the next month or two. Uh, mm-hmm. so the revamped version of Phoenix Blade is coming out. My latest one is called The Cretana Contract, and that one is actually about a former CIA agent who she's actually a mother and a grandmother, and she is now coming out of retirement because there was a hit put out on her son and her grandson, and they were killed. So now she's coming out of retirement to go and hunt down these killers and go after them and get retribution. It is a quick read, and but everyone's going to love it. Uh, it's actually going on sale this weekend. Uh, it's already been out for a little while. I'm actually putting it as a little weekend sale for uh, upcoming Halloween this weekend. So you can actually find it on Kindle for free starting tomorrow. And it's going to go till Tuesday. So I 
really suggest everyone go out there and go and pick it up. Um, I am the king of cliffhangers, as a lot of my readers have told me, so you can expect some fun in those books. All right, all right, all right. Well, we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room on today. You are welcome back anytime. Make sure you tag me so I can be able to share your reading experience with uh, the readers on my page. I appreciate you, Andrew. Thank you so very much. And you can listen. Uh, You are more than welcome. You can continue to listen to our next interview. Uh, If not, I want you to have a great night. All right. Thank you very much. Listen, who don't like a good suspense, child? You know, I like the cozy mysteries. I like like the murder she wrote. And so I'm all in with the CIA. And she, you know, I'm in with that. I like shoot 'em up bang bang too. But you know, shoot 'em up bang bang come in so many different shades and and shapes and adventures that, you know, it's just all part of the adventure all by itself, but who would like a good shoot em a bang bang book? I do. Mm-hmm. I sure do, so I'll be getting my one click on. Our next fabulous guest is Tisha Andrews. Welcome, 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 Tisha. Good evening. Welcome. Thank you for allowing me into your world. I so appreciate you. You let me into your world, honey. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to chase her down. I'm going to chase her down. I was like, oh, no. I, yeah, I, was like, I have to do it. I have to do it. Oh, no. I have to Um, I have to be the ambassador of my destiny. And Come so on. when the opportunity Talk presented it. itself. Talk about it. <laughs> when the opportunity presented itself. Uh, I got up early yesterday morning. I said, I'm going I'm to hit them back up again. I'm going to make sure that she understands, that they understand how important it is for me um, to be able to come and um, spend some time with you all, um, mostly to be able to allow um, myself to kind of regroup and get back integrated into the lit game. I kind of feel a little disconnected for a while, so thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Oh, disconnected, child. What happened? Yep, I'm, we know the up around <laughs> these parts. Child, what happened? It's okay. Well, that's why I'm on here. Well, I think when I say disconnected, I think when I came into the industry, it was back in 2016. Um, I mm-hmm. started out as a test reader. Um, okay. For Ivy Simone, believe it or not. And um, oh, wow. I was probably one of the first people that read Stay. Two, three, two years before Stay came out, she had sent it to me. As a test reader, and I said, you know, she said, I don't want to lose my readers. I said, you ain't going to lose my readers. You're going to get some new ones. <laughs> you know, I told her, right. you're just going to get some new ones. You're not going to lose, you know, any readers. Um, so when it came out, I know the title of it at the time, but once it came out, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is the book she and I talked about. So I came in just kind of like, I guess, naive and excited as a test reader. I was one of those little groupies hanging out in, like, readers groups. I had a Kindle. I was a Kindle junkie. I always had my Kindle in my hand, downloading books. And then um, I started dabbling and dabbling. And I remember going to a book discussion with Danielle Marcus and Yolani Warren. They uh-huh, did a collab uh-huh. together. Uh-huh. And they said, you know, what would you all like to see from us next? And I pitched them a storyline. 
And then Yolani Warren came in my inbox. She was like, are you an author? And I was like, no. And she was like, you just came up with that? Just like, just right now? And I was like, yeah, because I'm excited about literature. I'm excited about storytelling. I'm excited about um, lifting the page of your life on, you know, a character from a page. And I was like, yeah. She was like, write three chapters and send it to me. She was like, that same storyline you just pitched me, write me three chapters and send it to me. I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. And I said, um, okay. And I dibbled and dabbled in writing primarily all of my life. Um, my sister as well, she's a journalist. Well, she was a journalist. She's a professor now. Um, my very first degree is in broadcasting. When I first uh, started in college, three degrees later, social work. Um, but, yeah, my very first degree, AA, is in broadcasting. So I was always dibbling dabbling in writing and communications and middle school writing short stories. And she sent it actually to Natavia. And she was like, Natavia wants to talk to you, you know. Um, so my very first contract was offered to me by uh, Natavia. Um, but then I sent it to uh, Mona, who, of course, at the time was signing KPG, her and Ivy. And then she was like, no, we're going to send this to our publisher. She was like, no, we're going to send this over here to Tremaine. Um, I said, okay. And then she was like, he wants to talk to you in case he talks to you. And so it just kind of took a life of its own just from supporting another author, supporting another sister. I was in a book mm-hmm. discussion. I love book discussion. I was just supporting two sisters who was hustling and grinding and engaging them. And one actually took the time to recognize something I hadn't really recognized in a long time. You know, I didn't even realize that it was that 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 gift was even still there because I did wouldn't mm-hmm. dabble in it in middle school. And she just simply took the time. It was, you know, and I just grabbed the opportunity. So I came in all excited. And then I think I got into the industry and I felt kind of like, a big click, a big old high school. And I was just so disappointed because I came in supporting people, shouting people out, sharing links, jumping in book discussions. I was that that's just who I am as a person, even now as an uh-huh. author. That's the type of person that I am. And I will apologize to anybody when I'm not reciprocating what I expect. You know, I'll be the first one to apologize if I'm not present or I'm not doing something that I think I should, you know, I want others to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I got lost along the way not seeing that. I just, I didn't, I, and I, I don't see it as much as I like to, but there's still some good people out there. There's still some great authors. There's still some genuine, wholesome people that love the game. And so I decide I'm going to focus and spend my time with those people and in those situations and not those that um, perhaps um, could have jaded my perception. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I feel a little disconnected for a while. So I do want to say thank you for allowing me to kind of reconnect um, again Um, because I've been on radio in almost three years. So thanks. You are more than welcome. So, So you were feeling a little disconnected but you're coming back in the game. Tell me what the writing process is like for you now that you have, are starting back uh, getting your pen warmed up. Um, Right now, well, you know, I'm signed with Royalty Publishing House, so 
of course, there is an approval process, of course, with titles and synopsis and things of that nature. And I get it. Um, when people are investing their money and when they're mm-hmm. placing their brand, um, they want to be able to determine if it's indicative of the quality of work that they want um, out there. So throughout the day, I may hear titles in my head. I'll quickly put them in my phone, names of characters. I quickly jot them in my phone. I'll, you know, write them down on the pad, and I'll type them in my laptop later on. And so I would say that I may have tons of titles, tons of characters' names, in a lot of different places. And then eventually I land somewhere and then decide I want to do something with that title. Um, I want to do something with the name of those characters, or I want to do something um, with the theme. I want to do something uh, regarding redemption, and I came up with a couple of titles. I'm not even going to put them out there. I want to do a redemption series, and um, I came up with a couple of titles. So um, the process is I have to pitch those to my publisher, those titles, uh-huh. a synopsis. And at least two or three chapters. So that's really what the process is in terms of a published body of work. But if Absolutely. I'm just trying to create, just trying to create, I just grab my laptop and I just bang it out. You know, I just I just bang it out and see what direction I go. Um, I'm not a big outliner. Uh, I'm, a, I'm more of a, a freestyler, but I do believe in identifying where I want to go, where I want to land. So I do have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So I do build a very loose infrastructure, but I freestyle right. But in terms of a published body of work, that's my process. Absolutely. And for all of those who are curious, Royalty Publishing House is Portia Sterling's brand. Um, and the the publisher has a fierce pen. And most of her authors yes, she does. that I have read stand up with that pen at the same time. That's, that's the one thing about um, publishers. You have to... I think incorporate authors that stand with your pen like cash mm-hmm. cash has a fierce pen and he got authors that can stand with his pen. Mm-hmm. Leo has a fierce mm-hmm. pen. He got authors that can stand with the, with his pen. And I think that's very important. And Portia has uh, developed a, a brand and a string of authors that can stand up with her pen. And I, I love that as a reader, I love that I can read any book from that publisher and and be like oh listen honey let me tell you what happened because it's all exciting <laughs> to be able to experience it so when you decided to get back into the game and you decided to sit down and write that book from the time from that time to the time you originally decided to write how has your pen grown um, I um, am huge on sensory, five senses, you know, t- taste, sight, sound, and smell. So mm-hmm. I feel like if you start with just the basics, people would, I want people to know how he felt, how he tasted, what that felt against my skin, what I heard, um, what the room looked like. Um, I write very long books, and I had to realize that, okay, my writing process is already a lot longer than the average. I'm not a 45K author. I'm not knocking people who are 45K uh, authors because that's kind of like the standard in this industry. But I could easily write a 75, 80, which we consider like epic in terms of word count. Um, mm-hmm. I can easily write an 80K book, a 90K book. Um, but 
we're kind of like in a popcorn uh, culture where readers want to book right away, mm-hmm. right away, right away, especially if it's good. And um, one thing I will say that Cash did tell me when I met Cash three years ago and I came in the industry, he said, finish your series first, then put out part one. Because he was like, if it catches, then you don't want to make the readers wait. You do want to have that next installment, you know, ready to go. And um, there is some value in that. The only, you know, downside to that is if that part one didn't do well, <laughs> you've already written two and three or four, whatever that is. Um, you know, you've already gotten this body of work, and then you may not be able to put it out. Then, I, you know, um, of course, Portia came behind and added more, um, I guess, knowledge to that. She basically told us if part one does not do well, wrap it up in part two. Wrap That's it right. up in part two. You know, in Don't other let words, it linger. why create? Yes, why it may feel good to you and why you may love it and why you, you're married to it, the readers are not. The That's readers right. are not for whatever And they're going to let you know. Um, Listen, they cut throat. Yes, she'll say. They cut throat. Yes. <laughs> she'll, she'll say, wrap it up. She'll say, wrap it up. And then, of course, um, by um, me continuously growing into my craft and working with, you know, um, Saeed Salam, he basically told me, like, it's going to be a hit or a miss. You may think something is your best work, and the readers just don't get it. You, you you can't figure it out, and then you may write something that, you know, you wrote it because it's trending, and the readers yeah. love it. And it may not be your best work, but it's selling. So I got to keep putting that out there because it's selling. You know, so I listen. I pay attention to the people before me that have done extremely well um, in the game, and I, I take those jewels and I apply them you know, to, to my process. Um, but yeah, Portia comes in. She does not mind telling us, no, I don't like that title. Let me tell you why. She explains the process of these are the things that we look for every day in the industry. She tells us, you know, study the top 20. I've learned that 80% of your sales are not even on social media, yet we spend maybe That's 100% right. of our time on social media. But 80%, they somewhere else. And I'm trying to find that 80. That's, I'm trying to find That's out right. where that 80% at. Well, you know, a lot of people think that promotion is majority of where they're sales. Your promotion, what you the links that you drop on social media, what you do on social media, that's about what, fourteen, fifteen percent of of your brand and what you're gonna do. It it doesn't do a lot. It does put you out there, might get you in contact with some people overseas, but for the most part it's hand to hand combat. Mm-hmm. Um, locally, I have connected with a book club. They do events like every other month at a Daniel Life uh, Library, and uh, I'm going to be doing something over the holiday with this particular book club. Um, okay. They asked me that I wanted to come out and do my own author signing, and I said yes, I did. But then I thought, you know what, I want to connect with you all first. Um, right. And kind of just chill and hang out with you all and kind of find out what you all like to read, what you all like to do. I reached out to the founder of that book club and I said, I want to do like something literary. If we can collect books and give books out during the holidays, I could have made it about me because that's what she offered. You know, let's do a book signing for you. And I'm not going to turn that down, but I, I, I wanted it to be authentic. I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be only about me where I came to get what I needed to get for me and leave. I want right. to deposit back into that book club um, because I think I'm from Miami, Florida, but people don't know. We do not have a strong, huge presence in this literary game, at least not on from the social media um, aspect. We don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a lot of talent 
down here. Lucinda Johns, you know, is from Fort Lauderdale. I worked in Fort Lauderdale. Um, Destiny Sky, you know, so, I mean, we uh-huh. have we have talent down here. I met two amazing male authors. One is named Black uh, Mimi Walker. Black yeah, Black, yeah, Florida I was too. just telling you. Um, Aaron Bebo. You know, yeah. We have people uh, here, but Nikki Turner. I think what I disconnect is we don't, Nikki Turner's in Miami. We don't get together enough locally. So if we don't get together locally, it's hard for us to get together globally or have any kind of social media presence that has a driving force. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for us to do that more locally. Um, I will give books away because I feel like a book is more valuable in somebody's hand in the trunk of my car or in a box in my house. So I feel like when we're at book events, while everybody is selling us 10, 15, 20, 25 dollars, I don't mind for less, especially if I'm really, really, really just trying to push my book out there. Why? Because it's better in her hand and his hand than coming back on a plane with me back to Miami sitting in my house in a box. Um, Am I selling myself short? Right. I was just about to say, because you know what Honeybee does, she has some of those books. She puts them in the, with the little four by six version. Mm-hmm. And she keeps books in her purse and she gives them away. She she just gives. And you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to invest in yourself. I don't know if you were listening mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show, but I always say books and reading is kind of like walking in the 31 flavors. You don't know what mm. you like until you taste it. And when you go into 31 mm-hmm. flavors, what do you get? You get a free sample of whatever you want. Let me taste that right there. And then what did they do? They hand you a little pink spoon. You're like, ooh, that mm-hmm. looks good. Let me taste that. And so readers are visual. That's why your cover is part of your eye candy for a reader. But not only just your cover, the way your name lays on the cover, your title, the colors you use on your cover, as well as your personality. Your personality, um, are you approachable? Are you the, the, the vibe that the readers are getting? All of that is part of the eye candy of your book. Once they get that eye candy and it looks good, then they want to taste it. Once they taste it, your content is what draws them in and adds them to your fan base. But you got to always make sure your eye candy is on point. So it's nothing wrong with giving a free book away. It's nothing wrong with that. Make sure you have your, your, your a bookmark on the inside of it or um, a business card or a little flyer. Always make sure you have something where if they like it, they can go back and read it. And some people don't give full books. Some people give the first three chapters, the first five chapters, and they have them bound up in books that they samples that they give out. You can do that as well. It's so many things that you can oh, do, but you, you got to be able to reach the readers. And I'm glad that you connected with that book club. Book clubs are the heartbeat of the club. industry. Yeah, uh, it's uh-huh. I met them at. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting ready to plug them. Her name is Christine Hollis. That's right. Ella Ayers. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready to plug Miss Christine. She has shown me um so much love um and she has blessed me in ways that um just she didn't she doesn't want anything from me at all other than to give us a platform. Um, and she just said, you want to do your own book signing? You want me to get, she, she works at the library. She went to the library. She's about to retire and she like can get this space anytime she wants to. She said, when do you want to do it? You know, let me know, you know, um, your ideas and this and this and that or whatever. But I immediately 
said, well, let me do something for you all, too. Let me do something for you all, too. I didn't want to just come and take. I want to be, be able to deposit and give. But that's just naturally who I am um, as a person. Um, and I believe in reciprocity. I believe that we do reap what we sow. Um, I do believe that. And my mom's the type of person. She raised me. Queen Mommy is, you know, when people invite you somewhere, you offer to bring something. You don't go anywhere mm-hmm. empty-handed. You say please and you say thank you, you know, and you have to understand that nobody has to extend anything to you. Anything that they extend is a gift. Um, That's right. Treat it as such. So shout out to the Imani Book Club, uh, Chris, uh, Christine Hollis, if you all are on Facebook, please reach out to her. I just wanted to plug her. Absolutely. And they are. They are the heartbeat of this industry. They keep that word of mouth flowing with their readership, with their support of authors, with their reviews, with just talking to their neighbors, friends, and families about the work that you do. So if you have a book club in your area, support that book club. Love on that book club. Um, Mm -hmm. Shout that book club out, especially the ones in your city. If you don't have one in your city, but you have the the, uh, ability to be able to experience one. If you ha- don't have a book club in your city and you need to be connected with the book club, you can hit me up. There's always the National Book Club um, Conference that is here in Georgia every August. I want to say it's in August. Mm-hmm. But every book mm-hmm. club you can think of is there. So if you want to be connected with the book club, if you're an author and you're not vending, it doesn't matter. You don't, You can go to events. You don't have to vend. You can go to events and just network. Well, yeah, I appreciate that for you even bringing that up because you already know I'm going to hit you up right after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, my mama said you don't get nothing with your hands closed and your mouth closed. So, you know, I want to come and I'm going to I'm going to ask because um, this industry is saturated. I listened to the guy right, you know, before us. I even listened to the very first guy while he was on the radio. I went and looked, um, of course, on Amazon to kind of look at his work, just kind of take a peek. And he mentioned covers looking alike. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, a publisher having a particular brand. They want their work to kind of model whatever. And so a lot of times us as authors don't have that kind of creative control, um, mm-hmm. But they're spending their money. And so when people are spending um, their money, you have to kind of adapt, um, if you True. will, to, you know, what it, whatever it is that they believe is indicative of their, their brand. And so I, I got what he was saying, but I will say the last couple of covers that Royalty has been putting out have been different covers. So she was listening, Portia was listening to us, and they utilizing some another designer and so I'm like thank God because I turned in the book last week and I'm like oh I'm gonna give me a different kind of cover not knocking nobody else cover but I ain't got to worry about a little star and a man and a woman and a gun and some money <laughs> I'm hoping I get you know something something else that is kind of softer um, that's not so pigeonholed, you know, like it's hardcore urban type look uh-huh. to it. I don't want it to look saturated. I don't want it to get lost. Because I think sometimes things do get lost and we start looking alike and then readers make an assumption that we sound alike and that we are alike and we're telling the same story. You know, well, I don't want that. And I, what I'll say about that is because every other author, every author has their own original signature. I don't care who it is. 
They have their own signature. Mm-hmm. So even though the idea is alike, their upcoming upbringing may have been alike. They may have struggled. A lot of times, you know, writing is their therapy. They use it to be able to purge their demons. Um, a lot of times you have uh, male authors that write street lit. Most of that is, is real. Most of that is things mm-hmm. that they have experienced that they had to dress it up or change it up or fix it up, you know, to protect the guilty or, you know, otherwise. But most of that is their real life experience. And they just want to mm-hmm. be able to just purge and get that out. Mm-hmm. But that's still the, the your creativity and the way your words flow and the way your craft is molded. Create your mm-hmm. own personal signature. So even though you might have mm-hmm. a book uh, that's a street lit book, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same book because you have some book authors who were talking about that earlier in the show that they have uh, universal pens. They have the ability to put multiple genres in one book, you know, so it's not all just street lit. You might get you a little bit of, of some romance up in there. They don't, they don't took you to other countries. T Styles is one of the, um, my favorite authors. And I, I always say that she she has a book called Silence of the Nine. That's my jam. If y'all, mm-hmm. now T. Styles is one of those authors where she has a twisted level. I give her a twisted level because her, her books are really twisted. And some stuff I'd be like, oh, that might be a little bit too much for me. It's kind of like hot sauce. You know how you have the different uh-huh. levels of hot sauce. And you'd be like, nah, yes. that's yes. too hot. So she's kind of like that, but silence of the line, uh, silence of the nine. Listen, that is my jam. That is well, my I'm gonna have jam. To go in and I'm gonna have to go in and 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 grab it too. But you know, um, I kind of feel like that when uh, you know, I edit for Saeed so long. So there are times where oh yeah, um, and I'm like, what? I'm like, what is what's going on with him? And then sometimes he's like, I don't even remember I wrote that. I wrote that. I'm like, yeah, you wrote that. Like, you remember you he wrote got that? A, and then... He got a unique pen and style. That's one thing. He does. When I started reading, when I started reading Street Lit, I love the, it's not just shoot 'em up, bang, bang, that attracts people to, to Street Lit, really. It's the drama and the action mm-hmm. uh, and the way it's, mm-hmm. it's meshed together. But I never really read, like, hardcore Street Lit books like that. I couldn't really snap with them. But Saeed Salam, I read his book, Dope Boy. Mm-hmm. I tell him to this day, that's one of my favorite series that he wrote. And it just kind of opened my eyes to different things. Because if you think about the experiences, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's experience is not the same as yours. So when you are able to experience some things that that other people are experiencing, you're like, wow, that is happening. He's like, that's happening. And it's like, yeah. dang. You know, it, it keeps you in yeah. touch with really what's mm-hmm. really going on, being able to experience the way other people have experienced the world and how they, how they have experienced life. And so he's mm-hmm. another author, Cash. Yeah. Even though Cash yeah. always give me the side eye because he has one particular book that I didn't like originally. And um, he always say, she see, say she like all my books, but she ain't like such and such. But it's... I, you know, everything is not going to hit. Everything is not going to mesh with no, you as a reader. But right. 95% of Cash's books, I love. You know, if people are looking for an author that that has a pen that really gets down, he's one of the first authors that I mentioned. 
you know, he's he's always one of the first authors that I mentioned because he has that pen. His pen can take you everywhere and anywhere. And so I'm glad um, that you brought yeah, that I, up. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, I think, believe it or not, the the, the book that he put out, I like the most was the collab he did with 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 Nene uh, Capri. Sean Walker. With- Oh, yeah. Sean Walker restraining. Yeah, restraining order. Listen, coffee. Yeah, I, yeah, Sean Walker, that's my sister. I love Sean Walker. She's such a sweetheart. She really is. Coffee. Coffee got this pen that makes drama exciting. Like, it was, it was, uh, I can't think of the name of it. I want to say it was her first, one of her first books that she dropped. It was drama from page one. And it was like, they was getting mm-hmm. married and it was a whole bunch of drama around that. I, but it was just from the first page. I was like, see, this is how you write a book right here. They ain't got to yeah, be killing nobody in the first you. page. Yes, but they got to have yeah. some drama. Now you and everybody yeah. business on the first page. You're like, wait a minute. Oh man, you did that. Yeah. It's exciting yeah, she's so it, deep. to be a reader. She's so thought-provoking. I, I love Sean. Uh, very relatable, very down to earth. Um, very Sean and I could not talk for weeks at a time, months at a time, and then when we talk, man, it's like we ain't missed a beat. We ain't missed a beat when I say that. Absolutely. Um, we connect. It, absolutely. I mean, so for me, he, I ain't going to tell him that unless you listen to this show, but that's my favorite. Restraining order. So, Absolutely. Know, uh, I remember when Saeed and I wrote, I started writing our collab, I, I, I remember asking Sean and him, like, okay, how did y'all do that process where, and it was like, okay, we have to go behind the other one and, like, write behind them. Like, we have to take that uh-huh. time they just wrote and weave in our voice in order for it to blend. So, believe yeah. it or not, I can talk to them so I can understand that collaborative process because mm-hmm. Faith Mom is that you're not an easy person to write with. That was not it was it was it was um how can I say it? It was exciting but it was intimidating for me. It was very, very oh, intimidating. I can imagine because he got that he was already an established he got that established. That's right. Um and then so he read something, he was like, Whoa, like, oh, okay, that little wordplay sound like mine. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I have to try to and go back and read and go okay I wrote that part I know for sure I wrote that part I'm like okay you know because he drops jewels he's he's a big jewel dropper um so of course anytime like a little jewel is slipped in there a lot of times that that if you read our collab that would be um, mostly coming from him um but uh-huh. that's his signature style um that's who he is so yeah I believe it or not I, I spoke to them about like okay I need to I need to get an understanding of how to execute this this collab because I had never done one before, but I would do it again. I think iron sharpens iron. Absolutely, um, and it was I a, agree. It was a huge learning process. Um, for me, I enjoy doing it. Um, I hope we do um, another one. I have an anthology with a group of authors. I'm not going to name them now. That we we want to do. Uh, we want to do a, a young adult um, okay. anthology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I already got the cover. Um, and everything, I just have to regroup because everybody's doing their own independent projects. But we had already kind of came up with the concept, the cover, the title. Uh, so I'm not gonna put that out there. But um, I'm, I'm I I too believe in um, stepping outside of my comfort zone. I'm writing my first paranormal. Um, Look at with you. With publishing house, so uh, 
Yeah, but so it's like that to me was like I got to step out of my comfort zone, but more than just stepping out of my comfort zone, I had mm-hmm. to be able to understand that once you know how to write, you can almost write anything. You can Very really true. truly almost write anything if Absolutely. you are connecting with your characters. If you're connecting That's with right. your characters, because there is a piece of you or your creative process in every character, even if it's the protagonist. It doesn't Absolutely. matter. There, there are going to be things about that particular character that could come from different parts of your life or experiences that, that you can um, breathe into that particular character, that situation, you unpack that particular story. So me doing this paranormal was me saying, Tisha, you can write anything. Tisha, That's you can write right. anything. And it was me proving that to myself, not to anybody else it's called a beast beauty of forbidden love and yeah of course you chop my little title up i have about four five six seven eight nine ten five <laughs> and then we came back <laughs> but i mean i yeah. mean but she does what she does well that's so right, I yeah. definitely that's right yeah, it was like, no, of course, you don't like that. Was, no, you got some more titles? What else you got? Really, well, <laughs> what right, but it'd be a subtle. It'd be a subtle. Oh, that yeah, one was nice. What else I, you got? Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay because here's the thing. If it doesn't do well, so say it doesn't do well, she, they're okay with coming back to the drawing board and saying, okay, what, what you know, and that was one of the things they, you know, wanted to know. What can we do to make this a different experience the next time the next book? So I will mm-hmm. say internally as a publishing company, it is always saying, how can we, you know, let's go back and, and see what we, what wasn't executed well. And sometimes it's absolutely nothing other than timing. Your book just dropped on the same. I remember my first book dropped on the same day Siobhan Latrice's book dropped. I went to Tremaine Johnson. I said, Tremaine, because my first book was Real Love. And I, was like, I said, I can't drop this book on this day. He said, well, I say Siobhan Latrice. He say, who? I say Siobhan Latrice. He say, who? Then I realized he was being funny. Because I'm like, everybody knows who he was like. He was, he was like, who? And he said, why are you worrying about what, what, what Siobhan Right, right. Don't matter what and she's I doing. Said, well, you know, That's right. I mean, what she had, she just came off a hell of a series. This was like her, you know, she was. And he said, why are you worrying about what Siobhan doing? You know, I thought so. He's like, we're not finna worry about what Siobhan doing. Did you write your book? I said, yeah. He said, the book editor? I said, yeah. Is the book ready? I said, yeah. He said, we're going to drop this book. I said, okay. You know, so I came in, like, and he's like, no. No. That same attention, that energy you're putting in, worrying about other people, put that in yourself. Put that put that in yourself. So that book is being re-released uh, where royalty is called um, Spoil Me With Loyalty. So um, I took it, and I actually did a heck of a revision, a rewrite of it. It actually um, touches on sex trafficking. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, it's going to be educational, but it's going to be hot, and there there are going to be some erotic moments um, in there. But it's going to be a man teaching a woman how to love herself because she learned how to use her body, but she didn't understand oh. that she had more besides her body um, because she was taught that this is the way you get your needs met. And so he forced her to be able to ask for what she wanted with her mouth and not having to do it only with her body. Um, But, of course, they have trust issues because early on they connected and, of course, he leaves and she feels abandoned by him. Um, And when he comes back, he comes back because his mother is ill with cancer and he comes back. 
to kind of reconnect with his mother. And the night that he comes back, she's like coming back from like a, a situation with a John or a pimp, you know, whatever. And they see each other. And he doesn't see her for who she thinks she is. He sees her for who he fell in love with. And so um, he spends his time trying to help her realize who she is. And, of course, her trying to forgive him for leaving. But he had his reasons for leaving, too. He had his own abandonment um, issues. So, um, yeah, spoiling with loyalty. I I turned that in last week. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to kind of put me back where I need to be from a, um, a literary perspective so I can kind of regroup and breathe um, and start working on some other things. Like I said, the Young Adult um, Anthology um, is one of them. So they'll be, they'll be talking I to love you it. Yeah. I love I it. For, you know, I appreciate her for allowing me, her and Michelle Davis, for giving us some flexibility um, to be able to be creative and kind of not box us in when we want to do other projects. So, of course, they, mm-hmm. you know, they gave me permission to do the in, um, collab with um, Saeed Salam, but I was like, y'all don't produce Street Lit, right? Y'all don't publish Street Lit? No. So it was like, okay, we're not competing. Um, but she was gracious enough um, to let me do it. So I don't knock people that go from publisher to publisher. I don't. People have to do what they have to do. Um, but for me, I was like, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to sit at her table. And I'm going to eat as much as she allows me to eat by her allowing me to sit at her table. So um, that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting my behind down, and I'm trying to learn. So I Absolutely. can, when, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm leaving with my plate just as full. So I can that's then hopefully right. deposit that, you know, back into other people and then, you know, back into myself. And this is the thing. That's called being a hybrid. It's nothing wrong with being a hybrid. 95% of your favorite authors are hybrids, meaning that they're signed to Simon & Schuster, but they have their own books on the side with their own Mm -hmm. publishing company. So it's nothing wrong with being a hybrid. It's nothing wrong with having your eggs in multiple baskets, multiple streams of book income. It's nothing wrong with that. Um, Majority of authors are hybrids, and that's okay. If you to be able to write romance here and and then maybe you want to write a horror, you know, and then another company, Susie Q, comes to you and say, I want you to, you know, write two horror books for me. It's okay. You know, it's absolutely okay. That's my next thing. Go for it. Go for it. One thing thing I I will say is you'll never hear me tell somebody you can't do something. You're never going to hear me tell somebody you can't do something because I I strongly believe that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Anything you want to write, you can write. Now, how it come out is on you. So that means that research is necessary if it's something, if Mm -hmm. it's a a genre that you haven't stepped in, you know, but you can write anything Mm -hmm. you want to write. So you want to go straight, go for it. Yeah, I want to be a lit agent too, a literary agent. So you talk to Go me about all it. the time. Because I'm a huge researcher. A lot of people come to me all the time as if like they feel like I know so much, and I'm like, not that I know so much, but I I spend time researching, I spend time um exploring, I spend time asking questions, I spend time um 
doing what I need to do, you know, um, some mm-hmm. things people are going to teach you and then some things they're not. And the, the things that they're not, you have to supplement for that by going and getting that for yourself. Um, but I'm, I, I believe in doing that anyway, because I don't want nobody to give me anything. I want to earn my spot. I want to pay my dues. I want, I want to be able to be a contributor and not just a taker. You know, I, I believe in offering something. So I, anytime I see events going on, anytime there's like a, something, you know, a, a process, maybe a way you can come up with more words, dialogue. I share a tool. I share a character profile. I'll share, you know, anything I get my hands on that I think somebody can benefit from, um, that you know, I, I'll share it because uh, God don't run out of nothing. God, God ain't running out of nothing, and, and before somebody put it in my hand, somebody put it in their hand. So absolutely, um, I'm not. And this yeah, is the thing I'm about being a literary agent. This is the mm-hmm. thing about being a literary agent. You are just you're an advocate for that author. You know what I'm saying? You know you have. Mm-hmm. You you believe in their pen. You believe in their skill. Only thing that makes you a literary agent is the fact that you have the ability to get them signed. You know what I'm saying? And and bring mm-hmm. opportunities to them. And if you research enough, if you connect enough, if you network enough, really that's what being a literary agent is, is networking. Networking and be able I'm being able about. to present opportunity. You know, and positioning. Well, that's, well, that's one of them. That's one of them. I want I want to do that. I want people to come to me. Yeah, I want to do that for people um but um, I don't want to spread myself too thin, so I think I, I you know, I need to. Then these are just things I'm just forecasting, and a lot of that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm for, Listen, I'm your lane is paved <laughs> just for you. Your lane is paved just for you. Everything you want to yeah. do, every block you want to stop at, you stop when you get ready. You slow up. You go as yeah. fast as you want. You go as slow as you want. You make any turn that you want. But it's just paid for well, you. I'm, I'm, so I'm ready to go. To do it. I, I feel stagnated. I'm I'm ready to to go. I'm I'm hoping in the next couple of months I will be writing full time. That I am actively doing the things that I need to do, so I can um, retire and and write full time. And um, God willing, that that's what I'll be doing. And even if it's not writing full time, it's being free full time to be able to deposit into those things that I want to do um, long-term. So Talk that's that where I'm at. Right. I'm hoping I'm in that season. I'm hoping I'm in that season. I want to be in a debt-free season. That's the direction. You better think it. Working. Yeah, because right. um, I, I don't mind being I don't mind being that lender because I mean, God trusts me enough to put it in my hand. So I'd rather be that lender, and I'd rather be that one that's debt-free and um, the one that I can um, – have that time where I am the boss of my time and where I'm depositing and, and how I'm spending my time and I'm not competing with the clock. Because right now I compete with the clock. I work full time. Um, and then I come home and I try to write. Um, and and then, of course, be a daughter and, you know, and, and be a mother and, and be other things to other people, you know. So give me some time. You'll hear about me again. You're going to remember this, this interview because I'm going to be back. That's all right. You're going to be back. And you'll be like, Leisha, remember yeah. what you said? I'm like, that's what I do. Yeah. I just put it on out I'm there. Back. I put it on out there. Mm-hmm. I put it on out there. And I let it sink in. You're going to turn that yes, block ma'am. when you're ready. That's all right. 
We yes, so appreciate ma'am. you coming to kick it with us in the chat room on today. I'm not going to give you an excerpt, but the next, that's, that's just for this time. But for the next time, okay. watch out. I'm just saying. But I'm going to give you a fun question, though, because we like to do that. We like okay. to be able to, to allow our listeners to experience our uh, guests. So if you okay. were a if you were a crayon in a crayon box, your own unique mm-hmm. crayon, what color would you be and why? Purple. Um, one is my favorite color. I think it's divine. I think it's uh it's powerful. I think it's rich. Um, I think it beads. Um, um, I think with purple there are other colors inside of it. There are hues of blue, there are hues of red. Um, so I would say purple. I think it's diverse. Um, I think of soil, something that when you plant and then it produces, um, and it comes back up. I would say purple if I had to. Now, if there were, I'm making up a color, then it's going to be my name. Then it's the color going to be named Tisha. And what does Tisha look like? Um, Tisha looks like, um, a, a composition of different things in terms of, uh, what I bring to the table. I'm a listener. I'm a nurturer. I'm an illustrator. I'm a narrator. I'm a supporter. I'm a friend. Um, you are an influencer. Um, I'm all of those things. Yeah, I am. I'm all of those things at any given time. On any given day, you ask anybody that deal with me, they'll tell you that I'll be what you need at that time. There'll be times I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm not going to always be that, but you better believe my That's heart right. is in the right place. That's my right. Always I always right say that. When I say I love you, I love you. When I say I love you, say I got I love you. you. I got you. Yeah. That's right. So my color is love. If I had to come up with a color, then my color is going to always be love, no matter what the, the how it's presented. But I, I start with purple and I end with love. How about that? Uh, okay. Talk about it. Ain't <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate yes, you coming uh, to kick it with us today on Let's Chat. I want you to shout out all of your social media, your next release. I know you may not know when it's coming out uh, and any events that you are going to be attending. Okay. On Facebook, I have two pages, Tisha Andrews. Um, on Instagram, too, Lil Drew. It's L-I underscore T Drew or Lil underscore T underscore Drew. On Instagram, it's Tisha underscore P12. I want to shout out, give a shout out to my sister Marina Chestnut if she's listening. The Happy trap house. birthday! <laughs> <laughs> so Marina, baby, if you're on the, if you're on the line, I, I told her to plug us up and she got a chance to call in, but if she don't get a chance to call in, everybody, y'all go check out my fellow Libra sister Marina Chestnut, the Trap House, um, showing her much love because um, she hit me. I say, Chess, I'm listening. I thought you was going to be on that Sabbath. I said, I, I think it's eight. The eight came, I didn't get on. But if you're listening, Marina, I want to tell you, I so appreciate you. I want to give a shout out to Saeed Salam. I'm, I'm hoping he's listening. Um, and then, of course, Candace Tolliver. She was the one that hit me up about you all last week. I want to give a shout out to Candace Tolliver. She has a new book coming you, out. Candace. My name is for me. With loyalty, for me with loyalty. Uh, that's my next release with um, Royalty Publishing House. Portia, baby, I'm hoping I give you a top ten, and then maybe we can talk a little bit more about <laughs> another contract with a, a split, a different kind of split. But I want to give her more, you know, give her back what she's given to me. So that's my next release, for me with loyalty. You all, I have a group, a readers group, Little Drew's Book Bangers and More. So that's my readers group. You all. 
try to check me out over there. So that's all I got, Miss Leisha. I so appreciate you having me. You you was a you was a joy, honey. I appreciate you taking time yes. out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my next event. I don't know my next event is gonna be where royalty is having something next March with Terry McMillan. So I know it's in um March uh-huh. twenty twenty. I do yeah. plan to be there. Um, of course there's retreat, the book um, retreat. Yes, so I do plan to be there. I plan to be living in Atlanta by that time. So hopefully I will not be a Floridian. I will be living, hopefully, God willing, in Atlanta at that time. So um, hopefully I'll be able to check me out at that uh, retreat that uh, Portia is putting uh, together with uh, Terry McMillan. So that probably will be my next event in terms of, like, what people may want to come out to. But locally I will be doing something with the Imani Book Club. So, of course, right. if you don't mind, I would love to tag you, Miss Leisha. Yes, you know, ma'am. Of course, I'll ask you first. Okay, well, I'm glad. I would love to tag you anytime I'm having something. And of course, anything I tag you in, it won't always be about me. Sometimes it's just sharing, you know, other things that are You can um, tag me, honey, because I get to review the tags Thank before you. I post them. Look, I review the tags Thank before you. I post them. Oh, that's how I do it. <laughs> let, let me tell you what problem with that is. Listen. I forget I have to approve stuff. And then sometimes I'll log on my laptop and I have 31 things. <laughs> yeah. Like, what People thing? tag me all day and I decide. But see, I like see, I like having choices. That's just me. I'm yeah. I'm like that all the way around. I like having a choice. I decide if I'm going to add it, if I'm not going to add it, when I'm going to add it, when I'm not going to add it. My choice. Yeah, you control, but, you uh, control what you want in your, in, in your space. It, you know what you want to be able to um, affiliate yourself with. Absolutely, I think um, I think you should. But yeah, I'm awful with that. I have to go back sometimes, and I'll go and add some of my timelines. It's been like five days. I know they be like, "Where's she been that five days? She been post five days, and she just added that timeline." And I'm like, I I I didn't add the tag, you know. So sometimes it's just by the time I log on and I see them, it's a lot of them at one time. But I tell people, Facebook is free, so you can tag me. I mean, I gotta add it. It's free. I'm not. I don't trip about nobody posting no memes that I don't post. I don't trip about nobody using no picture that somebody else they use because somebody else used it before I used it. Right. <laughs> so listen, I don't care. Listen, I stole it from somebody else. So if you stole it from me, all right. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, anybody going to jail around here? You better, you better take that picture and use that picture because I took it from somebody and I don't even know who they was. And this but this is the Instagram key. Mom don't even know I'm using her picture. She don't know. She yeah, but this me. is the key. If it, is a, if it is a meme that you have created, all you have uh-huh. to do is put your initials or a, like a little logo or something that represents you, small little something in the corner. Uh-huh. That means whenever it's shared, your signature is there. Your your thumbprint is there. It's something that shows it. that it's you. And right. So you well, want them to share I'm your memes. You want them to share things. your thoughts. You always well, want to have your little hashtag. Like that, though. Yeah, Honey, have your little hashtag. Always mm-hmm. make sure you you hashtag add your name, tag your name on your stuff. So if they want to share it, that's mm-hmm. okay. Well, you just gave me a promo idea. You sure did. Do it, honey. How about it? Me a promo idea. That's what I do. You sure, you, and and I didn't I even come on here for that. I was trying to give something <laughs> to you, but you, you gave something to me. So, no, really, we um, I was talking to uh, Candace earlier today. We were talking about uh, coming up with a promo strategy 
you know, for our next releases. And um, I hadn't really took any intimate time to think about what that looked like um, in terms of making it stand out. But you just gave me um, an idea. So I'm going to take that back to my lab and see um, what I come out with. I will certainly credit you for it. So I don't mind crediting people. That's what I do. I do it every. I do it every day. I do it every day with clients. I do it on my page. I just do it because I, I love to see people winning and doing what they do. I love to see it. I love to experience an author's craft. I love to experience um, their passion for what they do. And mm-hmm. I'm passionate, so if I have a thought or something and I, I share it, it, I'm gonna share it. I can feel it. I can tell. Um, that you're passionate. Um, it was very genuine, very authentic. Um, so thank God for helping me press the, the, the reset button so I can um, remember that there are still some people out here who really, truly um, are invested in um, the literary game, and they truly Absolutely. are putting themselves in a position um, for for authors to be able to develop and grow Um because I, I for a minute I didn't see that and I, it was it was very disheartening um, mm-hmm. for me. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think that lessons came out of that because um, I was born by myself. I mean, my mama was there and the doctor that called me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, meaning like when I entered the industry, I didn't enter with a gang of folks. I didn't enter with a gang of folks. I grew a tribe. I grew, you know, my tribe grew as I got here, but I didn't come in with a tribe. And so in some tribes, you know, people come in and they go there seasons, their sessions, you know, some groups are open, some groups are closed, meaning some groups you start with people and you end with people, and some people are coming in and out of that group as you go. And I, that's what this journey is. People are going to come in and out of your life, you know, um, as you grow and glow. I made a post this morning about pruning. And God preparing, and He has to prune. I mean, He has to rig and cut off in order for that's you to right. grow. That's how grass. That's how grass grows. Because if you don't cut grass, weeds begin to choke it. Weeds begin to choke it, and bugs and dead things. And I and and when I made that post this morning. It was like you know, it was like God telling me some good. You got to cut some dead things off because things that's can't right. grow in dead places. So there's the dead stuff that you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. These, Toxins, the relationships, the bad mistakes you made, or poor decisions you made, uh-huh. or, you know, certain things. You got to cut some of those things out of your life because, you know, things can't grow out of dead situations. And so um, I'm in a pruning season um, right now, uh, and sometimes loss is a game. That's and right. I'm, I'm recognizing that losing, and I want to lose some of this weight too, you know. <laughs> so, you know, lose some of this weight too. So losing. Losing is a game because I was just telling somebody that, you know, this literary industry is hazardous to our health. We're sitting down all day long on laptops and we're eating and we're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But only the, you know, Listen, have I have an hazardous. event in February and I went to an event called Hee Hee uh, here in Atlanta. And um, there was a vendor there by the name of Basil Me. And uh-huh. I was trying, was trying to have him at my event because I told him, I said, it's a lot of authors, but they're always sitting. They're always, you know, grabbing juice or something unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so basil mm-hmm. me is like infused water with basil. And it, it was really good. Wow. I have four. Let me tell you, listen, I drank four in 30 minutes. That's how good it was. 
Wow, it's here online. Like, where you can order. Um, I can check this. for you. I, I can check for you, and I send you the link. But I believe you can't yeah, order absolutely. it. But when I say it's good, yes, and he grows mm-hmm. his own basil, but he he grows it hydro. Um, listen. Mm-hmm. I drank four yeah, bottles in thirty minutes, back to back, and you know I'm funny about stuff that tastes that don't taste right. But this, this was yeah. it was really refreshing. I was like, oh, "This is good." Oh, I yeah, drank well, them I, all I up. Know that. <laughs> I just had health insurance. I said, "I wish I would just had health insurance packages and like take out of your royalties, take a percentage towards your health insurance." Because I'm like, then people were probably, you know, because that's one of the the drawbacks of working independently of being your own bosses. You have to go get private insurance. You know, a lot of times we are married or we are tied down to corporate America. We are tied down to our that county city state job because it does come. But we could create these benefits ourselves. We really could if we started thinking on a corporate level in some capacity. Um so I thought about that. I'm like, boy, what if I did have this publishing company and I could help create health care or either, you know, part of your packages, you know, you get to go join a, a gym. And that's part of your packaging of being a part of this publishing company is you get a gym package where you mm-hmm. get like 10% off or 20% off because we partnered up with Planet Fitness or we partnered up with, you know, whatever because, you know, when I see, you know, authors pass away from different things, um, people say, oh, people want to know how did this person die? And I'm not saying that's not a natural reaction to want to know, but we sit around and we watch people kill themselves every day, eating unhealthy, yeah. doing all kind of unhealthy things, having a good time. When I hear authors say they smoking and drinking all day long and writing, I'm like, wow, how do they do that? Because I can't do it. Listen. Just imagine me with a bottle of Hennessy and some Patron and a I'm trying to tell you. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. So that's where I'm at right now in my life. That's why I brought it up. My family is dealing with health issues, and you can have money. When you don't have your health, it doesn't it doesn't matter how much money you got. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter when you got when you got tons of money and you don't have no health in your body, because then your body now has betrayed you, and your money can't do nothing because they don't have no assignment. You can't get up and do nothing with that money. Other people are navigating your money for you, and so I want to have money and good health. I want to have both. So I can go travel the world and do all kinds of stuff. I don't want to be rich and then be sick in my body. And so my that's where my family is right now. We're we're struggling uh, with with health issues. And so that was a, a wake up call for me. That even though I want to sit down and go right full time, I'm going to have to implement other things because I want to live a long time. I want my baby to have babies, so I can be a grandma. Mm-hmm. And I want to travel and do those kinds of things. That's right. Um, I read something the other day on Instagram. A lady said, 20 minutes a day when you're promoting, promote or do something that's not about your books. Mm-hmm. So I know this conversation went away from our books, 
But that's what this post said on Instagram the other day. It was like, you you guys are related with your readers. It cannot always be about a book, please. It cannot always be about, you know, your books. And so I try, I'm trying to not just drop links and not just drop visuals and not just drop or be, you know, as relatable um, as possible. Because at the end of the day, you, people don't know we, we, we abandon our families to write books. We abandon our social life to write books. We abandon friendships sometimes, relationships sometimes to write books. So we sacrifice a lot, and then we sell it for 99 cents. We sell it for 2.99, and then we split that 2.99 with Amazon and our publisher, and we split that 99 cents with Amazon and our publisher. You know, so it's got to count for something. It's got to count, you know, for something. But I ain't gonna always sell a book for ninety nine cents. I'm gonna remind Child, you. Listen, that's a whole nother show. So listen, listen, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> I ain't gonna listen. talk about it, but when I come back, I ain't gonna be selling it for ninety nine cents forever. It shouldn't be ninety nine cents now. Did I say that? I gotta sell it for ninety nine cents. I will for readers that can listen. afford, and that's what I will sell it for them. Listen, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation we're gonna have when you come back. <laughs> we promise. Yes, ma'am. You promise you're going to bring them back? Okay. Cool. Yes, ma'am. We're going to talk about it. Okay. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We are so appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room Thank on you, today. And you are welcome back anytime. Thank you, Miss Leisha. Um, yeah, I'm I do want to tell all the readers, all the readers, um, make sure you all join promotional groups. There are readers that authors that are sharing links all the time. If y'all on social media, try the new author. Give a new author opportunity. That's all I want to say. If I always try to identify a new author, a new genre. So readers, if y'all are listening, I know y'all love y'all faves, but you make it a new fave if you try a new book. That's it. That was Absolutely. my little advice to read. All right, Miss Lisa, you have a wonderful evening. You too. And thank you for kicking in with us chat. Thank you. You're welcome, baby.